0: You're listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Kingdom Come, where we take a look at what to expect when the baby king comes to earth. (laughs) That's quite the pocket knife there. All right, we just got through uh, Black Friday, which is actually now Black Thursday, uh, because we've allowed it to creep into Thursday somehow, some way. But to me, it's actually more humane uh, on Thursday, because it's actually at 6 o'clock p.m. versus 6 or 5 four o'clock a.m which means which means if it's at six or four o'clock a.m. you've been waiting up all night awake and then we expect we expect adults <laughs> adults who have been awake all night long standing in line to actually act civilized. Like, how crazy is that? So, so 6 p.m. actually is, to me, a little bit more humane than 6 a.m. because you're waiting, you're, you're, you're waiting through the actual waking hours of the day, and then we, we, we release the hounds off. And if we're releasing the hounds at 6 a.m., like, crazy things happen because nobody has any sleep. Crazy things happen. So 6 p.m. is a little bit better because you've ac- actually had sleep and it, it, it's during the day and during normal waking hours. You know, we're supposed to be sane during normal waking hours. And, and so Black Friday, Black Friday ends up chaos. I mean, some sometimes or at, at some point in time, through Thursday and Friday and Saturday, there is there is a news story at some point in time about somebody getting trampled somewhere, Right? Like we we see that somebody getting beat up over a cheap TV. Which by the way, by the way, when you pay for a cheap TV, you know what you get? A cheap TV that Target and Walmart will see the you know the month after Christmas because it will break. Okay, so waiting in line and punching somebody over a cheap TV. And spending a night in jail is not worth it, Paul. No, no, no. It's not worth it. And Jack Jack talked to us last week about, about how he went to Black Friday at, at, at Walmart, at Walmart, in the Boot Hill, at the Boot Hill, and, 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 and there were like people guarding, guarding the merchandise that they, I guess, wanted to buy. And and like this is just all chaotic, right? Like Black Friday turns chaotic. And to me, I didn't understand that because to me. The best way to guard something that you want to protect is to take it to the cashier and pay money for it and take it home. <laughs> is it? I mean, I know that's deep. We're going to a level that I, I don't know if some people can get to, but... Like, that's a good way to protect it. And they were, like, growling at people like, like, like a, a dog. You give a dog a bone? You give a dog a bone and it, you come within 10 feet of the dog, whether you're looking at the dog or not or looking at the bone or not, you obviously don't want the bone. You've given the bone to the dog. Like, I, I'm, I'm just going out on a limb here to say that none of you suck on bones, especially after they've been in a dog's mouth. Way out on a limb. I mean, we're getting out there this morning, all right? We're already, we've gotten way the heck out there already. And the dog's like, what? what does he do? Starts growling at you. Get away from my bu- bone. Arr, get away from my bone. And so these people are like growling at Jack and his brother-in-law, like get away from my cheap t- TV. <laughs> and James, like, I don't want your TV. And in fact, I didn't even notice that there was a TV behind you until you started growling at me, right? Tis the season, right? This is a peaceful season, right? We, we are looking forward to, 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 to peace this Christmas season, but we kick off this Christmas season with the most chaotic day of the year. Nuts, right? And then it just goes downhill from there. That this Christmas season always ends up just this mess of chaos. And then you get to December 26th and you're like, whew, that's over. Now I can have peace. Hallelujah. You know? Like, wait a minute. Time out. Isn't this like, isn't this backwards? But so often, so often really this month is just a microcosm of how we live our lives. Of just chaos. Chaos. Then in our culture, we've just gotten busier and we live our lives uh, as if chaos is normal. And we can't say no to anything, so we go and do everything. And then we, 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 we beg for chaos to come into our lives because, because we, we, we go off and we sin and we jack things up and we're begging for chaos to come or we get that diagnosis or we get that phone call that changes everything and chaos just enters itself into our life and we live these chaotic lives but the baby king we're in a series called kingdom come about when when the baby king brings the kingdom when the baby king brings the kingdom close to us When he showed up in a manger and brought the kingdom close, what gifts did the baby king show up and give? Two weeks ago, Phil did a great job of of telling us about love and unconditional love that God gave us as, as a gift. And he proved that he has unconditional love for us, that he put him in a manger and marched to the cross to tell us that he loved us. And then last week we 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 looked at joy, the joy that God gives us as a gift through all circumstances. Sure, it might just be an ember of joy, but the inner excitement that God gives that, that flows itself out in worship, the joy that He gives as a gift. And this morning we're taking a look at peace. Taking a look at peace and, and in our culture, in our culture, when we talk about peace. We expect, we expect God to take away the chaos, that that's the only way to have peace, is to take away the chaos. But that's not how God does things. And we'll shake our fist at God, because he doesn't take away the chaos. But that's not how God does things. We're gonna see that in the story we're gonna read. In fact, the story that we're gonna read this morning isn't isn't something that's normally read during the Christmas season. It's not the warm, fuzzy Christmas story. And in fact, we might get to the end of the story, and you might be going, Where exactly is peace in all this? Because I missed it. Matthew chapter two, I did get a U version. Uh, uh up this week. You can follow along on your smartphone or tablet. We encourage that. We encourage you to, to get to break open your, your your not break open, like that's a really bad idea, like he's told me to No, no, don't break your iPhone because I said break open your anyway. Open up your tablet or your smartphone and, and turn it on and, and open up the Bible app. And I encourage you to download the Bible app if you haven't already. And we put an event in there that you can follow along in the verses. You can take notes and you can, you can put on Facebook something that God is sharing with you about, about peace this morning. We encourage you to do that. You can follow along on the screen. But, 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 but if you have what's called a hardbound Bible, they do still make those. They b- make hardbound books. Believe it or not, they still do. And you can open up that to Matthew 2, and that's where we'll we'll be after the wise men after the wise men were gone and this is this is picking up from a story that we talked about last week of, of the wise men and they were from the eastern lands they were from babylon they were from modern day iran and iraq and 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 no different from today back then that babylon that persia were the enemies of god they captured they captured uh, israel per uh, babylon captured israel 700 years before christ uh, was even living and, and they, they were the enemies of god and so these, these these guys at least 3 of them but probably much more these guys show up or start following the star as enemies of God's people into the land of Israel but also they were they were worshipers of stars they were not worshipers of God but God showed up in the context in which they would pay attention to God and they followed the star and they're following the star to find the baby king and if you're going to find a baby king and you show up in a country where are you going to show up you're going to show up in the capital city you're going to show show up in the palace in the capital city. Why? Because that's where baby kings are. So they showed up in the palace of the capital city, and they talked to Herod. Hey, where is the baby king? Herod's like, I don't know what you're talking about. ain't no baby king in here. I know it. Hey, religious leaders, this king of the Jews, you you talked to me about that a little bit. Where's he going to be born again? Bethlehem. Hey, Bethlehem. You're going to find him in Bethlehem. Hey, and, and, fellas, before you leave, when you find him, come back and tell me, because if he's a baby king, I want to, I want to worship him too. The wise men found the baby king in a manger, and they worshiped. They worshiped this baby king that was Born to just ordinary parents who were living in, in an ordinary home in a very, actually, sub town of Bethlehem. Only about 2,000 people were in Bethlehem about at that time, at the max. And they worshipped the baby king because they, they found exceeding joy with the baby king. But God warned the wise men, don't go back to Herod. He doesn't want to worship the baby king. Head back home another way, and they did. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Imagine, imagine. There's not peace going on over there. Imagine being Joseph and Mary. Now I know some of you, I know some of you, You flip out about the safety of your children. But imagine being Joseph and Mary and God showing up with an angel saying, He's going to be my son. I'm going to let you take care of my son. Imagine the freak out like uh, uh, Clorox and Lysol wipes. And, and, and the helmets that Mary and Joseph must have put on their children or uh, put on Jesus. They had other kids later. I don't know how much later. But James was one of one of Jesus' brothers. James was probably like, why don't I get a helmet? Like, Jesus gets a helmet. You're not God's son. <laughs> what? Aren't I special too? No. No wonder when Jesus was an adult, they were like, forget you, bro. Anyway, different message, different, uh, anyway. But I think this is God's way of saying, hey, Joseph, I got this whole protect my son thing under control. Under control, he told Joseph, you got to go down to Egypt. There's chaos brewing and it's going to confide you. You've got to get out of town. That night, Joseph left Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfillment, what the Lord had spoken to the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had, 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 had witted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah a cry was heard in Rama weeping a great mourning Rachel reaps for her children refusing to be comforted for they are dead let's talk about Herod for just a moment Herod was kind of as was barely a Jew it was a second cousin half removed sort of thing that he was a Jew and 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 he was rising up in government power when the whole Caesar and Augustus and Octavius and e tu brute, or whatever that sentence is in the Shakespeare play and thing, that he was around when all that was going down. And so he, he aligned himself with actually the losing cause in that whole ordeal. So conveniently, he aligned himself with the winning cause. After the losing cause was, well, dead, he aligned himself with the living cause and said, hey, hey, allegiance to you, those guys... I, I didn't really believe in them anyway. And and you are awesome. And so he was put as king over Judea, which the Jews hated because he was like this, you know, second cousin, half removed, Jew sort of thing. Not really. Because the Jews wanted Jews to lead them. And so they weren't really that keen on Herod being their king. King. And in order to smooth things over, Herod built the temple that we know of in the New Testament, the temple that Jesus went to as a kid, the temple that Jesus went to as an adult. Herod built that temple to smooth things over. And Herod did extensive building projects all across Jerusalem and all across Israel. <laughs> but, of course, he's not going to pay for them. I mean, I you... You're, are you crazy? I'm not going to pray for these things. So what did he do? He taxed people at the wazoo, whatever the wazoo is. But he taxed them out of that. Some people say some people say, up to 90% of their income went to taxes. they are like, well, maybe we ain't got it so mad. And then after all, like, woohoo, 90%, 25 That's awesome. Okay, yeah. Let's keep on rolling there. So no wonder people hated the tax collectors, right? You're gonna hate anybody that goes, hey, you earned ten dollars, give me nine. You're gonna hate anybody that does that. But 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 beyond all of that, Herod was paranoid about his throne. He was paranoid about his throne. He was paranoid. Any, anybody that was a threat to his throne, he would kill, including wives, including brothers, including his own sons including his own mother-in-law. So you're like, well, maybe. No, 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 no. (laughs) Including a baby king. And including any other baby in and around the region that this baby king was born. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. Nazareth, another small town, underneath the radar, outside of the main region of Judea. I mean, we're going to live in in, in obscurity here. This fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. And as we get to the end of the story, and maybe you've been around church and you're like, yeah, 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 I've heard that before, but maybe you haven't. And you say, what on earth does this have anything to do with peace? Because it just sounds like chaos to me. And how do we find peace in the chaos from this story? The first way is quite simple. Quite simple. Hear and follow God. Well, that's brilliant, isn't it? Told you we're going deep today, folks. Hear and follow God. God, I was expecting something theological. There's nothing more theological than hearing and following God. We can trump up our theological arguments in order to ignore hearing and following God. God showed up to Joseph. Hey, there's a wave of chaos coming you don't know about. You have to get out of town now. I mean, imagine leaving that night, that night, came to him and dream, that night they left. Immediately they left for Egypt, a a, a country that enslaved their people for 400 years. That's where they went a people that they uh, that they knew nobody in that in that region nobody in that country imagine moving someplace where you knew nobody when you landed there that's chaos right just moving moving across the country that's chaos think about moving to another country you don't know anybody that's chaos Plus, you've got this story you don't want anybody to know. It's obviously politically charged because some political crackpot is trying to kill your newborn. You're going to tell people when you get into that that brand new country what your story is? I don't think so. This is chaos. There's chaos in Judea. There's chaos in Egypt. But in this story, you can kind of feel a bubble of peace around Joseph and Mary because he, because God is leading them, and they are hearing and following God. God didn't show up in a dream and, and, and say, you've got to get out of town. And Joseph is like, maybe I need to pray about this some more. Fast about it. Be spiritual about it. No, they got up. They got out of town. When we hear and follow God, there's going to be chaos happening all around us but we'll find peace in the middle of all that chaos. When we hear and follow God, He will give us peace in the middle of all that chaos. And if we've brought the chaos upon ourselves because of sin, because we all have brought chaos upon ourselves because of sin, And we get down and we bow our knee at the foot of the manger of the baby king and ask for his forgiveness and ask for his his gift of peace when chaos is happening because of our own sin. He gives us forgiveness in the middle, but we have got to repent. We've got to. There's no other way. And he'll bring us peace. Peace. That doesn't mean the chaos will disappear. That doesn't mean the chaos that we've brought on on, on ourselves will overnight disappear. But it will mean that when we take the steps to hear and follow him, he will give us peace through it. But maybe it's through a diagnosis that you had nothing to do with. Keep hearing and following him. There's peace in the chaos. Maybe it's through that phone call you just... You just never expected. Maybe it's through the layoff you just never expected. Hear and follow. There's peace in the chaos. Maybe it's because somebody else sinned and did something to you. You, as an innocent bystander, and you just got hit like a Mack truck. Hear and follow. Our culture says get revenge. Hear and follow God. He stands up for those who hear and follow Him. It may not be how you do it, but he's promised. And he's promised a gift of peace to those who hear and follow him. He doesn't get rid of the chaos. He brings peace in the middle of the chaos. But maybe some of you, maybe some of you, especially if you're just kind of coming back into this church thing, coming back into this Jesus thing, and, and maybe, maybe you're doing it for the very first time. Maybe you're like, why would I follow a God who would allow innocent Children to die at the hand of a crackpot king. Why would I follow a God who allows bad things happen to good people? Time out there. There's only one that's good. And that's Jesus. The first time we sinned in our life, we immediately, we immediately deserve to be thrown into hell. Immediately. The reason why all of us are still breathing is simply because of the patience and kindness of God to lead us to repentance. But Matthew in this story goes out of his way, out of his way to show that God is in control. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you see it? The story, Matthew goes out of his way to show that God is in control. Hey, 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 hey. The prophet told us that that God's son was going to come out of Egypt just like his people did. God's in control of this. Hey, 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 hey. God told us. God told us to the prophet Jeremiah 700 years before right now that there's going to be mothers weeping in Ramah. God's in control of all this. Hey, 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 hey! The fact that Jesus grew up in Nazareth, God told us this. Several hundred years before it happened, God told us this. God is in complete control. He's in control. Even of this situation. And Jesus as a man lived him, lived as a man 100% underneath the control of his father. From this flight to Egypt, to calming the storm when his disciples, when he was asleep on a boat during during a storm that his disciples, which four of them were, were fishermen, could not calm the boat in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm, he was asleep. He is still 100% underneath the control of God and recognizes that because he wakes up miffed. Be still. You boys need to have some faith and goes back to sleep. And the disciples are like, what? Faith? we're going to drown. What's going on? Here's what I think Jesus is saying. Hey, fellas. You know who I am. Do you really think God's going to let me drown on an itty bitty sea? And if you're with me, do you think God's going to let you drown right here? You really think that's going to happen? I think he wanted the disciples to go, I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're with him. He's not going to die. We're not going to die. And then he knew, he had complete faith that on his march to the cross, that God was in absolute and complete control of the situation. When one of his guys came up and betrayed him, he knew God was in control of the situation. When the angry mob and the chaos that was an angry mob in the thick of the night came up to him, he was still in control of the situation. He led the angry mob from the garden to the high priest's house. When they were all in the chaos of of all the people yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, he was in complete control. Why? He knew his father was in complete control. And in the chaos of being nailed to the cross, he was in complete control. Why? Because he knew his father was in complete control. And when he got laid in the tomb, Jesus still was in complete control because he knew his father was in complete control. Why do I know that? Because three days later, what did he do? Like a jack-in-the-box just pops right out of the tomb. Dead men don't pop out of tombs. Don't pop out of tunes. But this one does. Why? Because he's proving that in the middle of chaos and in the middle of your chaos that there's still resurrection, that there is still peace to be found. Psalm 95. We read this this week. If you follow along in the reading plan, he holds, God holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mighty mountains the depths of the earth the parts of the sea that we as humans cannot go to because our bones would be crushed instantly he holds that in his hands the mightiest mountains he holds those in his hands just like we would hold a cell phone in our hands the sea belongs to him for he made it his hands formed the dry land too Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We hear and follow a God who is in complete control. Even though we face evil things in this world, he is in complete control. Because how do we know this? Because he holds the mightiest mountains in his hand. He holds the depths of the sea in his hand. He created the sea, so he holds it in his hand. He created the dry land, so he holds it in his hand. He created the worst beast on this earth, and he can tame it with the snap of his fingers. So when I read this, thinking about the issues that we all face, this thought occurred to me. If he can hold the mightiest mountains in his hand, can he hold our issues in his hand as well? Can he bring peace in the chaos because he holds all of this in his hands. can he do that? That's why we hear and follow. That's why we hear and follow. Because he holds everything in his hands. And that's why we worship. Because he holds everything in his hands. And because he holds everything in his, ha- in his hands, he has the power to bring peace into the middle of our chaos. Maybe you're like, okay, 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 okay. I see, see, I see that, I see that. But what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? I mean, you Christians, you Christians act like everything is like just fine. You're supposed to hide stuff. You're supposed to be tough. Or we get on Facebook and we make things look like it's the worst ever. How are we supposed to respond to these situations? One thing, one thing. In the middle of this story, we see weeping. We see weeping. Mothers of these children wept. Wept, right? Wept, sorry. Wept. Wept, okay. That works. But God didn't say, get over it, did he? He said, I just told you this was going to happen, right? Chaos and peace, this all still allows for weeping. This all still allows for weeping. It is not biblical be strong and not weep. Romans 12, 15 Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Paul didn't say be happy with those who are happy and tell those who weep, get over it, sucker! Right? Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. We weep because God made us as emotional people. Some more emotional than others, but He made us as emotional people. No elbows. Come on now. Fellas, be smarter than that. This is why small group and and, and disciple-making relationships and community is so vital. If you're not in one, you don't have anybody that can weep with you. I can weep with you. And look, 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 as a small group leader, I I hear this all the time. I can't come tonight. I've just had a bad day. Ah! That's the day that's the best to show up to small group. What are you going to do? Sit on your couch, grab your five-gallon bucket of ice cream and eat it all? That's not going to make you feel better. You'll go to bed, and what will you think? Ah, I shouldn't have done that. It's going to make me fat. That doesn't help. That makes things worse. Show up to small group. Bring the five-gallon bucket of ice cream. They'll appreciate it. Have spoons for everybody. And sit on the couch and tell your story, and there'll be a group of people who will weep with you. And be joyful for the ice cream because we're joyful for everything in all circumstances. I didn't have, no amens for that. Like no Amen. Uh, Preaching here, come on. But we we can weep with those who weep. We can weep in the peace. But but but, but, but come on, ladies. Come on, ladies. Come on. Ladies. Come on ladies. You know this better than us men, right? You know this better than us men. What happens on the other side of weeping? Peace. It's like God's kind of given that to us as a gift to find peace. To find peace. And as my wife has found out, a good little cry will bring peace to four boys. Oh crap, what's happened to mom? And now. Dear brothers and sisters, 1 Thessalonians 4, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Paul doesn't say, do not grieve. Come on, get over it. But grieve, but grieve because, but, 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 but grieve, but, but, but realize, recognize that these people have a certainty of a better future. These people have hope. Why? For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We grieve, but we grieve as people who know not just that they're at a better place, shoot the next person that says that, but, but, but that they are with God. They are with Jesus. That they have been resurrected because they died a long time ago. They were resurrected when when at the moment they said, I am going to hear and follow Jesus, and I am tired of my own life. That is when they were resurrected. And when they died physically, they were resurrected. And they're going to find a resurrection at the last day that is complete and total. Weep, yes, because you're going to miss them dearly. But don't weep because there's no hope. And the same goes for our circumstances beyond people dying. Weep, yes, over your circumstances, but don't weep as somebody that the resurrection has never happened. Because there is a resurrection, and we will get brand new bodies someday. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? Like ah, Amen. yeah. <laughs> right. I'm gonna be stronger someday. We're all going to get new bodies. We won't have to deal with cancer anymore. We won't have to deal with sickness anymore. We won't have to deal with sin anymore. We won't have to deal with chaos anymore because God has told us what happens at the end and he is victorious over every sin and every piece of chaos and every piece of despair and everything that we have found to jack ourselves up with. He is victorious over that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He is, and so we can weep, but we weep knowing the end is coming, and we're victorious because He is, but there's nothing, something else that we can, we can be in this moment. Wisdom is allowed. Wisdom is allowed. See, wisdom and faith and spiritual things sometimes are seen as opponents despite the fact that a lot or a major chunk of our Bible was written as wisdom literature. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, some of y'all's favorite Song of Solomon. You're like, yeah, that's wise right there, baby. What are you talking about? Just go read it. Just go read it. Be wise. Joseph, Joseph. Sure, he couldn't be wise when the wave of chaos was coming his way. He didn't know it was coming. But when he moved back to Egypt, he goes, Crackpot dad, crackpot son. I'm not living underneath crackpot son. Sounds wise to me, right? Then God showed up and confirmed that. He didn't give, the, God didn't give the vision before Joseph made the decision. God came alongside and confirmed the wisdom in that decision. Proverbs chapter 1. Solomon starts off by personifying wisdom as a woman. Guys, you want to have a love affair? Have a love affair with wisdom. Wisdom shouts in the streets where there's chaos. Wisdom, she cries out in the public square where there's chaos. Ever been in a public square in like another country or seen that on on a, on, a, on, a, on a on a on a newsreel or something or been ever stand in Times Square or chaos? She calls to the crowds along the main street, chaos, to those gathered in front of the city gate, chaos, she calls out, not above the chaos, but in the chaos, so we got to be listening. We got to be li- listening to the to the to the soft sounds of our mistress wisdom. We got to be listening for her. And then Solomon goes into detail about those who do not listen to wisdom. But he finishes up with this, 133, but all who listen to me, all who listen to wisdom will live in, ah, this is nice, peace. Peace, untroubled by fear of harm. We do not have to fear harm when we are living in wisdom. Even though harm may come our way, we do not have to fear it because we are living in the wisdom of God. Now, 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 the wisdom of this culture, the wisdom of this world looks like peace, but it's as thinly wrapped as a Christmas present. And underneath that peace is chaos. Underneath that peace is chaos. So if we are choosing not to follow the wisdom of God, it may look peaceful right now but it only takes one false move to unwrap the chaos. Wisdom. Wisdom. When the world says, charge it, that'll bring peace. You hear the whisper of wisdom. No. No. That'll bring chaos. When the world says, do what feels good, hear wisdom going, no. The nice, shiny package, but inside is chaos. When the world says, gossip, give revenge, cut them down to their size, wisdom says, no. Revenge is mine, says the Lord. You've got to listen closely to wisdom. She doesn't yell over the chaos. She whispers in the chaos. You've got to be dialed in to hear it. God's given us three tools to dial in. His word, prayer, community if we're not dialed in to wisdom God's wisdom we are unwrapping chaos for our lives but if we hear and follow God's wisdom he will bring peace it's his gift to every one of us is peace At the manger? At the manger of the baby king? There's always room for another person to kneel down. Always room. Always room for one more to find the peace of the baby king through repentance. And what we want to do here is create a people that's safe to to, to be able to to unload our junk so that you can find peace. But we can't help you if you hide it. We can't help you if you're not willing to repent. We can't help you if, if you dig your heels in and say, by golly, this is wisdom. We can't help Quite frankly, God can't either. Because He will let a hard heart be hard. But for those that are ready for God to cleanse them so that they can find the peace that passes over all understanding, there's always room at the manger for one more. And for those of you that that's settled, you're trying to hear and follow, although imperfectly, repentance is a part of hearing and following God. We're trying to hear and follow, even though imperfectly. Allow God to speak to you about where, where we might be bringing our own chaos into this mix and allow God to transform us continually. But also, see, we are the kingdom come for those not a part of the kingdom. For those that have chaos raging in their life, we are the kingdom come. We bring the baby king to them who are living in chaos. Who does God want you to bring peace to while they're living in chaos? See, we can we can make our building better. And we can have an awesome band. And we can have a, a cool kids area. We can have a cafe to feed your bellies but if we use the stuff to hook people in we've got to use more stuff to keep them here but if we let the peace and joy, and love, and faith, and hope of God as a gift. If we are giving those away as a gift, all we have to do is keep giving more of Jesus while doing it in a contextual manner. All of Jesus, all we have to do is give away more Jesus because he will give more peace, and joy, and love, and faith, and hope. Who? Who in your life needs peace? that God wants you to take His kingdom peace to. So as we reflect, as we pray, there's always room. There's always room for one more. Always room. We'll be in the back. We do it in the back so that you don't feel like everybody's staring at you. There's always room for one more. But otherwise, who do you need to bring peace to? And worship the one who is in the manger to bring you the gift of peace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the chance to come to you and, and, and worship you. I pray, Lord, that you will Reign in people's hearts with peace. That you will convince us that your way is the peaceful way. And that though the chaos may rage around us, that in the middle of that chaos, if we're hearing and following you, you will lead us into more and more and more peace. Let there be a revival of peace in people's hearts and lives. Thank you for a manger, for a babe lying in the manger that gave us the gift of peace. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. To give towards the mission of God through Crosspoint, go to www.cpf.me forward slash give.